fun. We're going to start this morning with some nerdy ultra-universe stuff. And then this afternoon, we got a very important topic on minding your mental health, all about the holiday season and ways to feel better during that time. But let's begin with some Pokemon. Come on, let's go. Good morning, everybody. This is Ultra Universe Live, the series that covers all things uh, quirky, geeky, nerdy, and fandom related. Now, Pokemon is to me like, well, I guess what air is to most people, but air is also very important too. That was a really weird connection. Anyway, so starting off, we're going to go uh, using an article from Screen Rant. Love these guys, they make such awesome uh, information. Uh, they wrote down, I think this is from uh, last week, so, um, oh, okay, well, a week and a half ago. Um, so far, all the confirmed Pokemon that we know are coming to Scarlet and Violet. So we're just going to go through and name uh, some. Obviously, since the trailers have come out, we already know a majority of them, but let's just read through what some of them are. Now, obviously, off the bat, we're going to get our lovely Pikachu and his um, Evolution Raichu right back in there. Wouldn't be a Pokemon game without them. Pikachu being the mascot, I feel like probably has to be in every game. Along with that, we're going to get some other Kanto uh, ones like Slowpoke and Slowbro, Jigglypuff and Wigglytuff. Grimer, Muck, Growlithe, and Arcanine, just to name a few. Now, remember, with all of the downloadable updates that happen, we we're going to be getting new stuff as it goes. We're still waiting for ones on Arceus. It's been a year, but it takes a while, right? So keep in mind, that's going to happen as we go, but these are just the ones we know off the bat. Coming in from Johto, we're going to have Pichu. Well, that makes sense. If you're going to have Pikachu and Raichu, why not have Baby Pichu as well? Along with that, we're going to have um, Quagsire, but we're going to have Palladian Wooper. We're probably going to have regular Wooper, but we're going to see how this works because right now we don't have a Palladian Quagsire, so we don't know if there's going to be regular and Palladian or just one. We're going to find out. Lastly, we will, or not lastly, but also we're going to have Pineco and Fortress, Mistrevious Mismagius, Pachirisu, Scizor, which means we get Scyther from Kanto, and of course, Bonsly and Pseudo Wudo, and Slowking because of Slowpoke, Igglybuff because of Jigglypuff, and of course, two of our favorites. Excuse me. Um, excuse me. Teddy Ursa and Ursa Ring. No Ursaluna, probably because it is still from Arceus. It might take a while to get in here. Now, from Gen 3, that would be the Hoenn region, we're going to get ones like um, Bagon, Shogun, and Salamence, Snorunt, Vigoroth, and Slacking. Weirdly, it doesn't say Slackoth. Hmm. They're probably going to be in there, too. Of course, ones like Ralts, Curlia, Gallade, and Gardevoir. And then Mark, Makuhita, Torkoal, Breloom, and Shroomish, just to name a few. Now, it looks like some, like for instance, Medicham and Azeril, but not Metadite. I wonder, or Meryl. Now, I know Meryl's from Johto, but Metadite is in the Hoenn region. Hmm. 
And of course, we're also going to get Sableye, people love. Now a few from the Gen 4. Well, starting off, we have the Starly line. So we're going to get Staraptor. We also have the Combi line with Vespa Queen, Drifloon, and Driftblim. We're also going to get Riolu and Lucario. And then we're going to get ones like uh, Shinx. We're going to get a Glaceon and Eevee Evolution. So we're probably going to get Eevees. Snover and Abomasnow. Of course, with Shinx, we're also going to get the line as well. Pretty cool, right? Gen 5, Unova. Well, off the bat, we're going to get Cryogonal, which is usually a regional, so that's pretty cool. Petalil and its line. Hisuian, Zorora and Zorark. So maybe Ursaluna can be in there. Who knows? Deerling and his line. Cubchu and its line. Tynamo and its line. And of course, the Dino family as well. Pretty interesting. We're also going to get some legendaries in here too. I saw Suicune earlier. I see Verzeon. Kind of interesting little mix of stuff. From the Kalos region, well, we're going to get Fletchling, which means we get Talonflame. We're going to get uh, Clawwitzer, which means we get Clauncher. Also Flabebe and its um, uh, lineage. We get some more evolutions, Skidoo and Gogo, the Litleo family, and of course, Gumi, which you know what that means. So pretty cool. From Alola, we're going to get Fomantis and Lorantis off the bat, as well as Zarina and its pre-evolutions. We have Kamala and Oricorio, which is kind of neat because Oricorio has different versions, meaning maybe throughout the area you'll get different versions of Oricorio. Lastly, we have Galar, and this is the most recent one right before Scarlet. Off the bat, we already get Chudal and Dreadnought, which are awesome. We're going to get Stonejourner and the Roly-Coly family, along with other ones like Copperaja and Qfant, Snom and Frostmoth, and everyone's favorite Toxel and Toxtricity. Again, we see Greedent, but we don't see uh, Squovit. So what does that mean? Are we going to have to do this differently? Is it going to be a different way to go about it? Or maybe they just haven't put them down yet. Now, of course, we have the ones from... Gen 9, we already know the ones we saw originally. More recently, though, however, we got Graphi, the little lemur Pokemon. We got Cloth, the giant crab. We got Wiglet, the new convergent species based on Diglet, but not related to. We'll talk about that in another video, I'm sure. Giraffe, which is the Giraffarig evolution. And of course, the most recent was Belly Bolt which was one of the new gym leaders' main Pokemon, a frog-type electric Pokemon. So, what do you guys think? Now, there's a whole other thing about the Paradox and the future and past versions, and, of course, specific ones. For instance, Larvitar family line for one, Bagon family line for the other. You're going to have to probably trade to get them. We have a lot of leaked Pokemon. Most we already knew about. I get it. But... A lot of them are kind of new. Plus, there's also versions that we haven't heard of yet that they aren't telling us or trying not to tell us. So we're going to have to wait and see. We're almost there. We are almost a month away. I think it comes out on the 20th or maybe the 17th. I'm not sure. We're almost there, guys. I am super excited. I can't wait to get my copies. While we wait, however, let's take a trip back in time a little bit and talk about some of the strongest Pokemon that Ash has caught. Now, usually in every region, there's that canonical, meaning um, storyline Pokemon that is the strongest. 
And while I couldn't exactly find anything that made sense to me, what I did find from thegamer.com was eight of the Pokemon that they feel were his best or strongest. Let's go down the list and see if we agree. Now, most recently, we've been following Ash in Pokemon Journey through the Galar region. The one they picked for here is his Dracovish, which is one of the first times he has caught a fossil Pokemon. Now, they do say that he has a bunch of very high-powered Pokemon, Gengar, Dragonite, Lucario, but Dracovish, as far as its moves, seems to beat the rest of them out. With abilities like Strong Jaw and just its general attack moves, its strength far outpasses the rest of them. Um, it combines two of the biggest strengths, Dragon and Water, with that, you know, silly personality of chewing on Ash, kind of like James and all of the other ones he used to have too. So what do you think? Now, I will be honest, I haven't followed this anime as much because it's not coming out as quickly on here as it is over in Japan. So I'm way, way far back. I'm having to find it online in Japanese, which is very hard to follow along because I don't know what's happening, though the subtitles kind of help. However, being a dragon type by itself and a water type by itself, put the two together, I guess I can agree. To be honest with you, Gengar, Dragonite, and Lucario, I feel like are overdone. They are very powerful, but they're also old school. And at the time when you met them, it depends on who you asked. You may have thought they were great, or you may have thought they were just really cool to look at. So this one I'm going to have to give to them because honestly, it's hard to say otherwise. All right, moving uh, backwards to there from the to there from the next one, the Alola region. I will say this entire series was very comical and very kitty and just kind of ridiculous looking. I love the Pokemon from the region, but they made Ash and friends and everybody just look so different. It was hard to really get into it. However, they picked his Melmetal. Honestly, I don't really think he had anything else equal to what this can do. Uh, it's one of his only steel types that he had, and it's his legendary, like really the only legendary he's had as far as going through the canon of the anime. Um, it is a little too powerful. I mean, even at Miltan stage, it can do things others can't, but I guess that's the point of this, right? What is his most powerful Pokemon? Well, I guess it's got to be Melmetal for the Alola region. All right, moving into Kalos. Now, I remember this one well. I love his uh, companions on this one. And they picked Greninja. Bam. I think they're on it. Unfortunately, the only... Now... <clears throat> Fortunately, unfortunately, he asked, is... Uh, so nicely known as the Ash Greninja because it has it bonds with Ash in a way and it actually takes off what's called a battle bond form to the point where it matches the color of Ash's outfit but it also they can kind of work in unison and fight together as one. Greninja itself is a very powerful Pokemon. I'm not going to take away from that for sure. However, because of the bond and the connection they have, that I think is what makes it so special and powerful. This is kind of a gimme because it's a Pokemon that when he had to leave, you know, it was a very sad um, time because, well, 
it was almost like a piece of him was being left behind in the region. Now, of course, he had some other ones there, his uh, Gudra and stuff like that, which are very powerful, which generally, if you're not thinking bond-wise, that would be the one you go to. But yes, because of his bond, Greninja, I guess you got it, you got it there. In the Unova region, <clears throat> they picked his Crocodile. So, of course, at the beginning, he kept being followed by that... Um, sand dial that wouldn't leave him alone. Well, eventually he ended up getting it, it followed with him, it changed into a Crocorock, and then eventually a Crocodile. Now he does have other Pokemon that didn't fully evolve. For instance, they mentioned his Scraggy and his Palipatode. Had he evolved his Palipatode to Seismitoad, we might be having a different conversation. Same thing with his Scraggy, if he had evolved it to a Scrafty, who knows? However, being that Crocodile is, I believe, let's see, ground type and I think dark type as well, it does possess many of the things others can't. It did pretty much, I think it took down Iris's Dragonite in one episode, um, but it is a little overpowered. And I think that's kind of the point of this article here is that a lot of these are kind of OP since we're overpowered. But, you know, I guess you got to go with it. Again, at this point in time, I, you know, I'm in between. I have to go back and watch a lot of them. I remember his Pokemon from old, old school. So at this point, it's been a while. I'd have to go back and rewatch again. But yeah, Crocodile in general is a very good one, mainly because it's dark type and dark types are tend to be very strong. But ground type, you know, I guess pretty cool as well. All right, number four. And I don't know, you know, he, again, he passed up an information on a very good, they, they passed on a very good thing for him to do. But from the center region, it's his Gibble. Now, he never fully evolved it to Garchomp, which we saw with Cynthia and her Garchomp. But apparently, his Gibble can do things in the anime that just don't make sense. He can literally chomp and, you know, bite down on them and literally kind of like shock them into submission. He can use moves like Draco Meteor that only evolved Pokemon really should be able to use. And just, he's just weird. I mean, Gibble in general is a very crazy Pokemon. He's always getting uh, whatever. And again, why they had him catch this, I don't know. You'll realize at some point he stopped catching all the starters. I think um, in Sinnoh, he got a Chimchar, which he basically got from Paul. I think he had, what else was there? Um, oh, God, I'm going to have to go back and look. No, I'm sorry. Chimchar was in home. All right, anyway, so he got much of the starters, and the starters usually are very overpowered to begin with. His Gibble, however, never evolved, but didn't seem to have to because it was able to take down almost any opponent. Going back to Hoenn. We got his Sceptile. Now we know that Ash caught his Trico, who really didn't give a you-know-what about anything, to the point where he would sit there and just basically chew on his little stick. Even in Sceptile form, he kept that stick, because that was his chewing stick, apparently. But his Sceptile, other than, well, no, actually, even um, taking down other ones like Maze Blaziken and even Tobias's Darkrai, well, kind of taking it down, but at least standing his own. His Sceptile was very good. Now, it's not the first time Ash had a grass type. Of course, we remember his Bulbasaur. We remember Chikorita, who eventually evolved into Bayleaf. 
and I'm pretty sure. Oh, and his Rowlet as well. So he's not a he's not a, a, a beginner when it comes to grass type. His Sceptile, well, you know, it may not be super overpowered, but if it can hold its own against a Darkrai, which is a legendary, that says something about it. Number two, and I love this one a bunch, Johto. They picked his Heracross. His Heracross was so underutilized. Honestly, he sent it back to Professor Oak. His Heracross could do so much, whether it's using Mega Horn or Body Slam. His Mega, his Heracross, when it was used, was one of his best ones. Now, that being said, it's still back at uh, Professor Oak's. He could theoretically grab it again if he wants. But considering it wasn't a starter, it's original to Johto. This guy right here is pretty damn good, I think. Now, number one, of course, Kanto region, it's Pikachu. <gasps> Shocker. No, just kidding. Pikachu to this day has yet to evolve, but he doesn't need to. You can see him on the back right there and actually over there as well, too. Pikachu is his number one go-to. No matter what you say, Pikachu is always going to be his one that he bonded with. From the get-go, the fact that they didn't get along but Ash put his life at risk to save Pikachu, they have formed a special bond that no other Pokemon, I think, can bond with. Um, that being said, Pikachu still has some things to learn, I'm sure, but Pikachu has never let him down. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for this awesome Pokemon old and new. Which one was your favorite we talked about? Which one did we miss? Which one do you think should have been on the list that we talked about? As always, guys, stay tuned for more. And until next time, guys, have a wonderful day. Stay curious. Bye.